Hello and welcome to Capture Caledonia, the tracks that take us back, the podcast with me, Ewan Petrie. Each week, I'm joined by a guest who tells me all about the places in Scotland that mean the most to them and the memories and stories associated with these particular places. Then we listen to the songs that have become the soundtrack to these wonderful memories. I can't play all the songs in full due to copyright, but I hope that you enjoy the podcast nonetheless. If you are enjoying the podcast, please make sure you subscribe to it and leave us a rating and a review. You can also find us on social media. For Facebook and Instagram, just search Capture Caledonia. And for Twitter, search Capture Cali. Please like and share the pages with all your friends and family to help spread the word of Capture Caledonia and to keep up with the latest news. If you would like to support the podcast to help with future episodes, you can now donate on my Buy Me A Coffee page, which is www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash capture Cali. Any amount, no matter how small, really goes a long way. Thank you so much for your continued support and for listening to this week's episode. You're listening to the tracks that take us back on Capture Caledonia with Ewan Petrie. I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by John Rush on this week's instalment of the tracks that take us back. Originally from Paisley, but now based in Glasgow, John released his stunning debut album Beneath the Apple Tree in 2019. The same year also saw John selling out his first headline show in Glasgow at Room 2, adding another venue to the impressive list of locations that John has played in the city over the years, including the Barrowlands and Glasgow's Royal Concert Hall, to name a few. Up until 2020 dealt the world a difficult hand, John had been building up some serious momentum and was due to play a variety of festival gigs around the UK. But hopefully as we move into more positive days, these plans can get back on track and more of the country will get the opportunity to indulge in John's exceptional songwriting talents. As somebody who discovered John's music during lockdown and instantly became hooked, uh, this quote from Music Files perfectly sums up the power of John's music for me. John's music makes us excited for the future, being reunited with friends and family, watching live music with a cold draft pint in hand and holidays abroad by the sea. I completely agree with that and I can't wait to see what the future holds for John. John, thank you so much for joining me today and welcome to Capture Caledonia. Thank you for having me, man. That was that was an introduction. Never had one of them before. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, you're, you're welcome. And, you know, before we sort of dive into your choices that you've made today for the tracks that take us back, I'd actually like to take a wee moment to chat about uh, your new music that you have released this year. A, a few weeks ago, you released uh, The Older the Grape, The Sweeter the Wine, a, a track that I, I absolutely love and I've already featured on the show. Oh, was this you, new music ready to go before lockdown or has this been inspired and, and created during that time that we've been through? Um, it was so the the chorus was was kind of there and thereabouts for a couple of years really, but the the verses, um, yeah, it was just a, a moment of inspiration. I think I was talking to the missus and I don't know what happened, but I just picked up the guitar and started singing, and the lyrics came quite quickly. And it was definitely there's definitely a a, a kind of message in there that I, I've kind of reflected back on since, and it's it's definitely just. Um, yeah, a year's been deleted, and hopefully the year the the years in front of me are still the best ones, and I haven't just lost the 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 best one that I had. That I, I haven't just lost that, and I hope that that's the same for everyone. I think um, we need to have some sort of optimism, and I think as as the, this year's dragging through, well, we're getting there finally. It, it looks like anyway, fingers crossed. So I think that that's that's kind of came across in the recording of the of the music as well with the trumpets and stuff. It was just a bit euphoric and a bit more. 
Yeah, I just think optimistic. Yeah, optimism was the key of the, of the track, I think, while writing and recording it. Now, this is something I've been chatting to to different people about is, you know, what we've been through in the last year and how it has affected particularly, you know, the arts and musicians and, and singers. Have you found it easy to find inspiration for, for writing? Some people I've spoken to have and others have found it harder. And I kind of wanted to see where you sort of lay on that spectrum. Um, well, I think um, just with life, like with, with everything, like you it's it's as a songwriter I, I i personally find it hard to like just pick up the guitar and and really like have that energy like after a day's work or after like a long week or like the weekends maybe your own or you, your day off during the week or whatever it is it's it's not the it's not the first thing in my mind to pick up the guitar and try to write a song do you know what i mean but i think um, with that time off that I had and like lucky enough i was i was put on furlough and stuff like i i, I did have that time to just pick up my guitar with when when I felt like it and when, when I had the kind of urge to do it. And that's when the kind of inspiration was was at its its peak probably. So I, I was lucky enough to to find it easier to write songs. Like I don't I don't find it the easiest thing to write songs, but when I when I felt I, I had more time to like try and spark that a little bit. Um, and I I did come out with um quite a few songs during lockdown actually. Yeah, you, you mentioned as well before, it feels like um, that year, well, 2020 feels a bit like it's just been deleted from us, which I think is a great way of actually, you know, <laughs> sort of summing it up. And I mentioned in the intro that some of your plans, you know, have obviously put, been put on hold as as with um, everybody. Have, have these managed to be rescheduled? And, and when can we hopefully look forward to seeing you perform next? Um, well, some of the festivals are still going ahead. Well, the rescheduled date is going ahead because everything got rescheduled last year. But um, doing the rabbit hole is happening still in August. Um, I think the, the 12th to the 15th, that one's on. And uh, Lindisfarne, which is the first weekend of September. Um, so I'll definitely be there. Um, fingers crossed they're still going ahead at this point. But the, at this point, they are fully 100% happening. Um, the rescheduled, I did have a headline show uh, at St. Luke's, which was supposed to be March 2020, or maybe, yeah, May 2020, sorry. And then it got changed like three or four times now. So that now it's in August 20th. And yeah, look, looking at numbers, the way the way we had the, the room set up, it was always going to be seating anyway. So we're lucky that way that we can still, even if restrictions are still in place, we'll still be able to get away with doing the gig, I think. Um, so... Yeah, they're, they're, they're the three main ones that are coming out. This Saturday, I'm actually playing, well, this, the 15th, I don't know when this is this is getting aired, but the, the 15th of May, um, I'll be playing a immersive TV show, uh, which had be, been going ahead in room two recently, which is like a, basically a Zoom call on steroids. So basically there's a 12, <laughs> a 12 meter screen in front of the acts who are playing, which breaks into a hundred screens. So then you can see a hundred faces. Um, and you get to interact with the people, you get to speak to them, you can hear them talk to you, you can have a bit of banter with them and stuff, which is always, yeah, is my key for me anyway when it comes to gigs. I, I need to see faces, I need to be able to have some sort of laugh to 
to let them know I'm in, in the joke as well. If you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. You know, it's so nice to talk to someone and to be able to actually look forward to to something because when I started doing this podcast in January of this year, alongside the the radio show, mm-hmm. um, it was so there was a lot more you know um, uncertainty. Whereas now it's it's nice to speak and, and feel excited about events that are that are upcoming. So that, that that's brilliant to hear. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, Matt. I think even just now talking to you, I, I'm getting excited even thinking about it. So that's. That's um yeah that's that's good to to feel that feeling you know what I mean just to have that kind of urge of excitement um that's coming um hopefully very soon yeah you must be itching to to get back on a stage and just you know um, feel that response from the crowd oh very much am yeah definitely well I think it's a good opportunity to to listen to uh the older the grape the sweeter the wine do you mind introducing the song and then we'll have a listen to it of course um my name's John Rush and this is my latest single that was released in April twenty sixth. Um, called The Older the Grape, The Sweeter the Wine.
I absolutely love that song, John. And what I love as well about it is you filmed the video uh, that's on YouTube of you um, performing it in Queen's Park, which is uh, an area I lived in, near, well, in Glasgow for seven years. So oh, nice yeah. it was nice to have that connection. And given we're about to go and talk uh, about places in Scotland, I would urge anyone to go and who's got a special connection to the South Side to go and watch that video because it's the perfect, yeah, perfect and, song uh, to accompany that place. <laughs> annoyingly, we had, I think we had a day of, one day of sun a couple of days beforehand <laughs> and then I, I reached out to Neil to get the the guy who's done a few of my videos now and we're like well, let's do it in the in the park man and it'll be like really sunny and it'll be amazing then it was like I had to wear a scarf and the <laughs> both of us were wearing gloves and stuff it was freezing but um yeah I, I came across well man I, I really enjoyed doing it and anything live is always always great to do I love that first shot, like a drone shot of you just walking up the sort of path towards the stairs. That's a, such an yeah, iconic yeah, part of Queen's Park for me. And I, I love yeah, that. Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. It was, uh, Neil's a genius when it comes to that stuff. He, he, you should look him up. He's, he's great. He's Keep It Creative, his company's called. So if you've got a chance, have a wee look. Oh, absolutely. Well, well, now that we've been talking about uh, a place in Scotland, let's move on to your first choice for the tracks that take us back. Do you mind telling me a bit about the first place that you've chosen today and why you've chosen this place? Um, the first place I've chosen is um, Paisley. Um, so basically, from where where I'm from, um, and I think it's more a it's more a kind of melancholy thought of of what what Paisley is to me, and not an actual designated area. What I'm thinking about, and it's more like kind of the general consensus of of growing up in Paisley and just being at my aunties and uncles' house parties and. Just that kind of the feeling of kind of family around you, and everybody's taking the mick out of each other, and everybody's just all on, all on the same level, and everybody's out for it was togetherness. Do you know what I mean? That's that's all I can think of. Is just happy, happy memories of of growing up, and just my cousins staying around the corner from me, and my aunties and uncles always coming round, or we were going round to them. It was just yeah, it was just a happy time, and I, I, I the this song in particular just reminds me of that sort of thing. Nope. Paisley is remarkable, really. You know, it's produced quite a lot of musical talent over the years. You know, off the top of my head, I immediately think of Jerry Rafferty, Paolo Nettini. What is it yeah. about Paisley, you think, that inspires a lot of people to, to pursue music? Um, not to put a, a downer on things, man, but I just think there's not that much to do. You, you, either, go to, <laughs> you either go to the pub and get drunk with your mates or you, you're sitting in. And, like, if you're sitting in, what else do you do except from watch TV or... you? you try and do something like a very creative place. And I, I'd, even growing up when I was very young, I, I was always sitting drawing or I was always like watching music documentaries. I, I'd never really learned how to play an instrument until I was like 13, 14. But I suppose that's probably when there's, there's in particular nothing to do as a, as a, as a young teenager, like you either walk in the streets or you're at your mate's house. You know what I mean? So you, you tend to just kind of veer into something that like, helps you use your hands or helps you use your brain a little bit and I think um, that's yeah I think I, I personally think that's I think I remember watching a, a Noel Gallagher interview and he was saying that Manchester it was just raining all the time so they just stayed in and learned an instrument and 
probably very similar to Paisley in that in that sort of way. <laughs> yeah, that maybe that ties in as well to why Glasgow produces, you know, such great musical talent as yeah. well. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's just Scot- escaping the rain. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Scotland and Northern England are very like there's a lot of fantastic musicians that come out of there and there must be something to do with the rain. It's, they always say it's in the water and it's definitely the water that's coming from the from above is probably where it's in. So did you come from quite a musical family? Like, would your parents be playing instruments or, or relatives? Like, what was your first sort of influences of, like, hearing music and, and getting into in, listening to music? Um, my mum my and dad are into music. I wouldn't say they're musicians or anything. I think my dad, he told me he was in bands and stuff, but I don't know if I quite believe it. My mum <laughs> kind of backs him up in that story, but I don't know. I don't know. Um, I've never heard them sing. I've only heard them doing the impersonation at Elvis, and that's probably what I would have got my kind of that's where I get my twang from when I'm singing I'm, I'm just basically copying Elvis and hopefully I'll get away with it but um yeah that, I, that my dad definitely was an inspiration when it came to listening to like Elvis and he had like LPs of Hendrix and Zeppelin and Free he was he was into kind of heavier music and we always have like kind of battle when it comes to it. I'm massively into the Beatles so he's right into the Stones and we kind of have like well they wrote this well they done this and then it's <laughs> It's a, it's a nice little uh, argument we have now and again. But yeah, definitely my my dad introducing me to Elvis was was it. I was like really, really young, like three years old. I was a bit of a weirdo speaking to my friends and all that. Oh, have, you, have you heard Elvis? And they're like, what are you talking about? Who's Elvis? <laughs> you know, heard the new kids in the block, man. And I was just like, no, no, no. So... Yeah, that, that was definitely the first inspiration. My mum was into like T-Rex and Roxy Music and stuff. So that, that's another kind of filtered into what our, my, my kind of musical tastes as well. So I very, very early, very, very young. I was a bit of a weirdo, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad I was that weirdo. <laughs> I love that. Um, and what about Paisley? Like, what are your memories of like growing up in, in Paisley in general? Um, I think it was quite, I stayed in quite a quiet area really when growing up until I was like 16, 17, then you start going going out. Um, I, I was quite a, a quiet child just because I was in a quiet kind of area. I played football a lot and stuff like that, but um, until I was like 17, 18, I was quite quiet. And then um, just Paisley's music scene when I was 18, 19 was I don't know if it was just because I was in it, but it, it felt as though it was like really, really vibrant. It had so much happening. There were so many bands. So like the 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 I think the the quality of the bands, the musicianship and stuff was like really high end. Um, for for and it was amazing just to kind of hang about that. And maybe I kind of partake partook in hanging about that a wee bit too long and a wee bit too much. I enjoyed it maybe a little bit more than I, I should have, and I I, I might uh maybe should I push myself a little bit more to kind of widen my horizons but it was such like a it was such a, a nice era to be in like I'd, I didn't really want to move away from it do you know what I mean and was it always music was that always what you wanted to do you know as you sort of left school and, and started to think about what you wanted to do with your life or was there anything else that that interested you um I think what when I was really young I was into art and I always drew. Um, and then when I went to school, I was I'd, like my my art teacher always kind of pushed me to, to choose art. I, unfortunately, um, for for one reason or another, I'm not getting it. But I I, I got kind of pushed into the direction of not choosing art, as it wouldn't get me a job. 
Hmm. Which was unfortunate because I, I was pro- it was probably my best subject. I would, I would have definitely went on to art school or whatever because I, I really enjoyed uh, drawing. But um, yeah, I think it was it was some it was never going to be normal. Whatever it was, I don't, I've I'd never really seen myself as a normal person, which is normal as in quotations. Uh, I'm doing like air quotes right now. But <laughs> normal is um, as normal can be. Um, but I, yeah, I was always. I was always just wanting to do something a bit different. I think that was kind of where my head was always at. And it, it still is to this day, probably. And you mentioned the song that you've chosen takes you back to your house parties at your sort of auntie and uncle's place. Mm-hmm. Do you mind sort of expanding on these memories a little bit about the, this particular song that you've chosen? Uh, yeah, man. I think um, just this guy's voice in particular just reminds me of 70s Scotland. Um, and I think like my mum and dad and my aunties and uncles all were from that generation of like even just looking at pictures of that they've took at being at parties when I wasn't even thought of. Do you know what I mean? Still, <laughs> I still think I was there just because it just it's just such a a vivid image that I've got in my brain um, with this guy's this guy's voice. I think I think the the song in particular is just very Scottish seventies. I don't know. It's just like if if you could if the tenants can with a, a woman in a bikini in the back of it could sing, it would probably sound like this. It would probably be this song. It would sing. <laughs> you should definitely you should contact tenants and and pitch that as an idea. <laughs> I think. I mean, I know a couple of people in tenants. Maybe I could. We'll see. We'll see. Watch this space. I Do think we cover. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think with the image of of what you've just uh, created for us, we should listen to the song. So, do you mind revealing nice. the song that you've chosen? Yeah, this is um, a song called "Darling" um, by Frankie Miller. Brilliant. Well, I think we should move on to the second place that you've chosen to talk about today. So do you mind revealing the next place that you would like to talk about? Yeah, the next place is um, Soul Quotes, <laughs> which is, yeah, even just saying the words makes me smile, man. It's just, it's again, it's it really just reminds me of being Scottish and like only, only maybe my, maybe the generation below me as well know that as like, almost like a threat of a summer holiday. <laughs> almost like, you. I'll, I'll take you to Solcots and like, I, it's such an amazing place, but just seems to be, anybody I've even spoke to recently about Solcots, they just remember it raining all the time, regardless of, you, you could have been sunbathing in your garden before you left, and then you get in the car with your mum and dad and there's like sandwiches and you're in the back of a, this sweltering car, and then you get to Solcoats and it's raining every time. And I, I, I'm not, I'm not bad mouthing the place because I do, I do love it, and it's really amazing memories that I've got, even like school trips and stuff. But yeah, I don't know, man. There's a cloud. There's that definite cloud. And maybe 
And it's it's it, it gives you character in Scotland. I think it's definitely why we've got a sense of humour because you can't script it. <laughs> and would, <laughs> would you go like would this be a yearly sort of tradition? Would you go there every year on like a family holiday? Yeah, well, not a, not a holiday as such, but you would go away for the day, and it would just always be you would pick Wilkes with a pure blue poly bag. You would get it's all kind of very. I it's just Im- images in my brain like a seared um, of you would go get wilks and mussels from the sea with your dad and stuff and put them in a blue poly bag and you'd <laughs> bring them back and you would cook them and it would all you'd be freezing your 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 fingers would be frostbite but it's okay man because you're going to get a chippy and your chippy <laughs> you will we'll warm your hands up and then you get home and you don't put your hands under the, the warm water to wash them because it will just even make your hands even worse and they'll turn into tartan. <laughs> just all these things, man, just direct me to Silcots. And, uh, and it's an amazing, it's an amazing, like, memory. Like, I, everything that I think about, just even just speaking about it right now is just making me smile. And I actually want to go to Silcots, but I know it will be raining. So I'll, I'll make sure that I've got a jacket with me um, and it will be freezing regardless of what month it is. But yeah, it, aye. it's just childhood memories again. I think, um, yeah, as I was, I was, I was speaking to you a couple of days ago, like if, if, every song that I can ever think of is always just a memory and not really a place in particular. Um, but yeah, Soul Coats is definitely one of those memory and a place that is, is uh, together. And when you go back as as an adult, does it sort of match up with your memories as a child? Or, you know, I've been to places, you know, when you go back, you're a bit older, you, you sort of like wonder if, if this is the same place that you, you've you you've been to as a child. Do they match up well or does it feel sort of more of an no, alien think, place now that you're older? Yeah, I think it's completely different now. Like, <laughs> it's it's cleaner. <laughs> I think, as, as I said like, earlier, like having like pictures of my mom and dad in the 70s when I was not even thought of, I, I probably do that when I'm thinking back. Like I think I was in the 70s maybe and I was just like, like it's when my mom's telling me stories, she speaks as though she was in the war times, do you know what I mean? But in reality, it was like 30 years ago. And <laughs> the way she describes it is like it's war-torn Scotland, but in reality, it was like in the 70s when it was like, <laughs> It was, I mean, what I can imagine it was like Thatcherism and stuff, but it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't war-torn. So I think me thinking back to Soulcoats, it wasn't the 70s, but it was the early 90s and it made me, It's. it makes me think I was I was brought up in the 70s for some reason. <laughs> and would you like venture out to other places in Scotland? Were your family quite good at exploring Scotland as, as a whole or would you sort of stick to these same few places that you sort of no, knew and loved? I'd- no, I think um, as I got older, I kind of went out and ventured myself, like the, the sky and Oban and Aaron and stuff. But I think um, my mum and dad were just used to being, that's probably where they went as children. So they they just, they knew that like the back of their hand. So it was kind of safer for them just to be like, we know where we're going. There isn't going to be an argument. We're not going to get divorced because of this, this, <laughs> this, tra- <laughs> this, this day trip. Well, subsequently they did get divorced, but they, they, I can imagine they, they trips to Sawcoats did not help. <laughs> in, in, in <laughs> <laughs> and have you had the opportunity to to venture around Scotland with your music? Um, yeah, I have actually. I we as a kind of younger musician, maybe about twenty two, twenty three. We we used to go up uh, with a, a lot of Paisley acts. Actually, we used to go up. Uh, my friend Alan McKim and. Um, 
Scott McFarlane and Johnny McCauley and Drew McCormick and stuff. We used to go up to Tarbit a lot, which was, oh, I think there's, I think there's three of them. So it's the one that's kind of the furthest away. We used to go, have to go through two first before, <laughs> and, uh, before we got to the, the final one that we were playing in. Um, but yeah, we used to, so, yeah, in Edinburgh and stuff, we'd done the festival a lot. And when around about the same time, we would take buses of people from Paisley to go up to Edinburgh. And I can imagine seeing us getting off the bus, getting off the bus was maybe a sight that they did not want to see getting dropped <laughs> off in Edinburgh during the, the festival. But <laughs> yeah, the, there was the, there's a lot of memories when it comes to jumping up to Edinburgh to do a few gigs. I, I remember not remembering t- playing one which is not amazing and is not something that i would um uh, advertise to do but yeah i can remember not playing a gig which is a feat in itself to be honest like to remember not not <laughs> remembering is fantastic so my brain's still in working order even at this late stage <laughs> <laughs> and the song that you've chosen to represent um this particular place which i i think this is a, a genius choice and i'm i'm really excited to, to play it, um, I'm excited to listen to it. <laughs> yeah do, do you mind giving us a sort of rough background as well i think it's quite obvious why this probably reminds you of, of the place but I, yeah. i'd love to hear your sort of uh story behind it yeah i mean I'd, I came to I came across this song kind of late in the day, maybe a couple of years ago. But instantly, I thought the the way it was recorded was perfect. I really want to record a song that sounds like this song, <laughs> um, even if it does mean that I put on a, a voice or a a, 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 a drunken voice. Um, the the voice itself is Billy Connolly's voice, so it's iconic um, to Scottish culture. I think when it comes to has uh, an audience with um, that he done uh, back in the 80s, where it was um, all the pink and he's wearing the leopard print stuff. I think it's probably his, like, his high point when it came to his comedy. So, um, yeah, him, him being drunk and at house parties and singing songs in a very Scottish accent, this is obviously a earlier version of it because this is when he was in the Humble Bums. So this is before he actually started doing stand-up, but you can obviously see or hear that he's... Um, yeah, he's 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 destined for greatness when it comes to this this track, and obviously Jerry Rafferty is uh, in the Humble Bums as well, so there's a connection to Paisley there. As 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 um, yeah, so it, it it does make me think that he's probably got on the same the same train as me. Both of them have got on the same train to go to to Sulcoats at one point, but this is their <laughs> this is their very uh, visualized um, interpretation of it, which is I think just genius. I, I totally agree. And uh, I think any excuse to celebrate Billy Connolly and Jerry oh, Rafferty for that matter one, on 100%. This, this podcast is well, well worth doing. And you, you, you kind of see there, you know, you said this is obviously done before he um, did stand up, but you can already see and, and hear his, his genius for observational comedy. Yeah. 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 And um, you know, what I found interesting is when you also told me um, that you'd chosen this, you kind of linked it to some of the uh, earlier gigs or gigs and bars that you've done, you know, mm-hmm. where you, you sort of, you know, you're aware of people sort of chatting around you or or, or glasses clinking and, and things like that. So it, yeah. that brings another layer to this song, I presume, uh, in your in your sort of memories. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I mean, I still do gigs where no one's listening, do you know what I mean? And it's, <laughs> it's um, it definitely gives you a thicker skin, but it's it's a nice memory of just being like, God, that's just the way life is. And he, even someone like Billy Connolly knew of that, do you know what I mean? So... It it kind of it kind of takes the the kind of 
darker shade of it and makes you just think, well, everybody's had to go through it at some point. And it's, um, yeah, it's a uh, character building 100%. Does it make those gigs where, you know, I'm thinking of the Room uh, 2 gig that you you, mm-hmm. you did where you, you sold out that, um, does it make those ones feel more worthwhile when you, you know, you know these people have invested in you and they're coming to watch you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, Room 2 was was probably noisier than this song, to be fair, like <laughs> when I was singing. Um, everybody was enjoying themselves at the Room 2 gig, um, and good, because it was one of the, the last gigs that I played. But um, yeah, I'd, obviously, the the kind of smaller things that you do, and the, you're playing to like one man and his dog, and there's people just like, oh, can you play this? And you don't know it, and then you get a bit frustrated, they get a bit frustrated. There's there's so many moments where a night could go wrong just because <laughs> you don't know a certain song or yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. It's funny how people act when you don't know things or like, what do you mean you don't know that mate? You play guitar and you're like, cool man. Right. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to argue this point. So um, <laughs> let's just move on together. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's uh, the odd, when you, when you get to play like, um, like I played the uh, Perth Arts Festival, uh, supporting Hugh and Cry, but it was like five, seven hundred capacity theatre. You could hear a pin drop during the tracks, and it was, yeah, you, you're you're doing the 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 crazy gigs, and you're doing the 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 gigs that people are talking over the top. You to also get the good parts, do you know what I mean? Which is which, hopefully, when you're done, will outweigh the the bad ones. So, uh, and I, I've definitely got to that stage now um, and hopefully yes. that stays stays the same yeah it's great to actually have that that variety and as you said character building is is always always good and i, I presume as well it will often lead to, to inspiration as well for hopefully future music as well which is uh, always always a positive so would you like to introduce the song that we've been we've been speaking about and we'll have a listen to this yes um this is the fantastic humble bums um with the amazingly recorded Soul Coats at the fair. Did you see them queuing for fish appears? Hi, fish team, we are bread and butter. Are you drunk men lying in the gutter? Down at Salco for the team. All right, well, time to head to our final destination today, John. Where where have you left uh, for our last place to visit? Um, well, the last place is actually I can I can see it from my from my window. It's um, Queens Park. Um, which isn't uh, I, I, I'm not taking you a tour around Scotland I can I can safely say that I'm very <laughs> I'm very aware that I'm, I like choosing places that are very close to me um, I'm, I don't like veering away from the the unknown but um, yeah I think uh, moving to moving to Glasgow um, when I was like 30 um, just kind of opened my eyes a wee bit to yeah, I think um, it's sitting in the park, uh, and it was just uh, a summer, the f- the first summer that I had uh, when I moved to Glasgow. It was it was just an eye opener, like uh, sitting calmly having a having a beer, and uh, or even people were just sitting with glasses of wine and stuff, and it kind of really made me think, like, 
overly overly think it and maybe think about it in a kind of comedic way where it's like sitting in the so someone's sitting playing the cello which never happened but in my brain like that's exactly what was happening the police were walking by probably taking shots with the local people who are just like revelers do you know what I mean but in reality that wasn't happening I was just sitting having a beer under a under a tree and it was just calm um, and it was sunny and it was warm and stuff and I just thought this is almost the complete opposite of the way it would be in Paisley and that again it would be Another memory in my head where I, in Paisley, when it's when it's sunny, you go to like Barshaw Park in Paisley and there's not one blade of grass that's not getting sat on or getting mm-hmm. used by someone. And there's a ghetto blaster and there's dogs or dugs, as Kev I.N. would say. <laughs> um, and yeah, it just it seemed a bit more chaotic um, in Paisley. And I'm pro- again, it's probably just a memory that I've made up in my brain. And maybe I was I was the person who was making it chaotic. I don't know, but <laughs> it just seems it seemed night and day when I when I moved to Glasgow and the, the park was just so calm and everybody was chilling out and barbecues were going and yeah, it was yeah. And the, the this this um yeah, this song in particular was was that was the inspiration for it. You know, it's an area that I absolutely love, Queen's Park. Like I've lost count of the amount of times that I will have walked around that park and up to the viewpoint where you can see across you know the whole of the city and yeah. every time i'm up there you see that brilliant logo in the in the sort of background of the view you know people make glasgow and mm-hmm. i just so relate to that because i i'm originally from near aberdeen a place called bankery out in the countryside and nice. i've never felt more at home in another place than i did in glasgow and it's just such a beautiful beautiful part of of uh of the city i love the south side mm-hmm. so where where are the places that you like to go like where are your where's your sort of local um, obviously um, in normal local, in normal times <laughs> yeah normal times man there's a local right beside me called Armstrong's and I think it's be- I think it's my my favorite bar to go to just because well it's so close and as you know I, I, I don't like going away from anything that's close <laughs> if it's close by <laughs> then it's key um, but um, it's just like a kind of old school bar man and the 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 uh, barmaid behind the bars um, got a a bit of a chip on her shoulder, and which is 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 amazing. For I, I love that when somebody's just like takes no no prisoners when it comes to someone trying to take the mickey out of us. She will attack you easily, <laughs> easily. She will have you no problem. So it's, she's got a respect. Everybody's got a, a a mutual respect for her. Um, and I just love pubs like that. I, I just like people watching. I suppose, and I enjoy like that kind of yeah, that just that kind of you know nothing's going to happen because the barmaid's got it, do you know what I mean? Which is really, that doesn't happen that that often, but it happens in the kind of pubs, and I, I just love those kind of pubs. Do you filter, like, your people watching and observations into your songwriting? Um, I think so. I think as I've got older, um, I've always been kind of observant. I'm, I'm quite a quiet person. I know a lot of people that know me will say I'm lying when I say that but <laughs> I I can just I'm very happy with just sitting and not speaking and just looking about and I, I, I'm, I'm a very happy person when I'm in that that state of mind um, and as I've got older I've probably put more of myself in my songs so I, I think I've probably filtered a little bit in it maybe not when I was younger but um, yeah I think uh, this song in particular actually is just me being a, a, observing everything around about me and, you know, this song is from, you know, uh, your 
your album that you released in in 2019 uh, beneath the apple tree what was the mm-hmm. journey that took you to releasing that album like i'm presuming everyone always says you know your your first album is sort of a lifetime collection of songs and then it's obviously harder to put that into your second one is that like, and is that an experience that you had with your album yeah, I think uh, the oldest song on that is probably um, Golden Green, which is the the most um, mentioned song, um, not just by me, but uh, other people mentioned that song and in particular is one of their favourites. And the, the lyrics from that song were actually written when I was about 19, maybe, maybe about 20. <clears throat> um, and it was a the 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 version of that song was a bit heavier like the band I was in was a, into like free and Led Zeppelin and um, the kind of heavier Beatles stuff um, so yeah it kind of it kind of went to the wayside just because I was starting to do a kind of acoustic thing and I grew a beard so I could only do folk music and that was the only, <laughs> the only music I was allowed to do from from now until the till the day I die or or I shave. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so then I kind of I, I always in the back of my head I always thought I really loved those lyrics and I, even to this day I still think it's one of the best thing lyrically it's probably the best thing that I've ever done so um, I rewrote that into a kind of folky acoustic song that fitted more with what I was doing now um, but that yeah the, the lyrics are like what 10 yeah 10 years old maybe uh, maybe a bit younger than that um, but yeah, it's, in fact, well, 17 years, God, right? I just remembered what actual age I am. Yeah, 17. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm only 32. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm nearly 38. <laughs> so, uh, uh, 17 years. Wow, God. Uh, 17 years, the, the lyrics are so... Young at yeah. heart, though, that's it, right? Yeah, young at heart. That's exactly... You're only, <laughs> you're only the age that you, you remember. And I don't remember anything after 32, so that's fine. There you go. Um, magic. <laughs> magic. Yeah, so that's kind of the old, lyrically, that's the oldest song. But then there's songs that you you and I and Teaspoons and Lipsticks, which were all kind of older tracks um, that I just didn't want to fling away. And I, I really enjoyed playing them. And I, I thought they were they're well constructed and lyrically they were quite nice as well. So um, there's, <clears throat> I think the Wallflower is probably the, the newest track on that album. And I think I wrote it maybe maybe about a year beforehand or maybe six months before I'd done the full album, but everything else is a bit older. Um, and yeah, 17 years is probably the oldest one. You know, I was reading um, an interview online that, you, that you, you've you done with someone. I can't remember the source of it exactly, but they asked you if you could have three guests, you know, at a dinner, who would you choose? And one that you chose was Ray LaMontagne. And oh, mm-hmm. he is a, he is an artist that I absolutely love. And when I first heard you, I was like, I, John Rush has such a similar style. You know, I've, I, I really sort of grasped that. I actually think I turned to my, my girlfriend at the time and was like, this is amazing. I found the Scottish version of Ray and I'm so happy about this because, you know, your songs just immediately took me to a similar place. Like when I listened to his song, Jolene, you know, it just, I can be yeah. anywhere and I just absolutely love it. And I had that same sort of response to, to your music. So is he someone that's influenced you? Mate, thank thank you so much, man. I'm not going to just brush by that and answer your <laughs> question. Thank you so much for that, man. That's a, I, that's incredible. I, I love Ray Montaigne, and I think his his music's like, yeah, you can you can put it. I think um, what's the songs I like? I I think uh, the album, what's the the creep 
Hope they creep don't oh. they creep don't. What's that one called? To get that yeah. album. It's a Hold long. On. It's a long album title. Yeah, I'm gonna find it on Spotify now. So okay. I can, <laughs> I will be I'll be questioning uh, what it is because I, I always go back to sort of trouble, you know, initially because yeah, that was yeah. my that was my first introduction. Yeah, definitely. I think that was a lot of people's first introduction. His voice on that is just next level, and you 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 can't teach that, especially writing a song. It sounds like that, and then being able to sing it is like usually. Yeah, so most of the time, if you write a song with that kind of vocal ability, you would need to, you need to pass that stuff on. Do you know what I mean? Give it to someone who can actually sing it. But <laughs> he he does both, which is which is unbelievable. He's so unassuming as well. Like when you see him like on stage, he he feels like quite an introverted, shy character. And then the minute he plays the guitar and he opens his his mouth to sing, it's it's quite extraordinary. Yeah, definitely. Um, God willing, and the creek don't rise. There yeah, we go. that that album in particular, <laughs> that album in particular, really kind of, I, I can, I can probably safely say that really influenced me. Um, when it came to, I knew I was trying to go down this acoustic route and try to be more of myself, because uh, you need to be when it's just you and a guitar. Like you, you can't mm. really fake it, I suppose, um, or you get caught out really, really quickly. Um, so I think. I took inspiration from that where it was just like, well, maybe I can get away with just singing. Maybe I can get away with just me and my guitar. Because I, I, that before that, I don't think I thought like that. I always thought when I was recording stuff, I had to fling everything at it just because A, I was paying for the studio that had all this equipment, so why not use it? Mm. And B, I suppose I was kind of trying to hide behind a lot of stuff. Like I remember like showing my sisters and... Um, like some tracks I recorded and they were like, why have you done that to your voice? Like, why, why is that piano up so loud? And it's like, maybe I was trying to hide a little bit to be like, no, but the music's cool. So it's all right. Like you don't need to listen to me sing. Like you don't need to listen to my lyrics or anything. But then when you're sitting with an acoustic guitar, you can't really, yeah, but well, maybe you can, but I, I really didn't want to be that guy who wasn't trying to write a good lyric. I, I didn't want to not have a good melody. I've always loved the Beatles and, John Lennon in particular, and I think uh, lyrically and just to have melodies constantly that you would remember is something that I really strive to do when I'm writing stuff. And uh, Rayla Montaigne does that effortlessly as well. So it's, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm just rumbling now because you, you said that I sound like Rayla Montaigne. So I'm just like, I'm just talking for the sake of talking. I'm, <laughs> I'm, in, I'm embarrassed that you've even mentioned I'm embarrassed for you for even for even mentioning that. <laughs> it's like, it was honestly like my, my first thought. And, and it was funny because when I first started doing the, the radio show, I was like, it's obviously a, a show that celebrates Scotland and, and artists that have come out of Scotland, but I was like, I've got to shoehorn <laughs> one of his songs. Yeah. In. So I just, <laughs> I just threw in Jolene just as like, I just, I've got to play this because I absolutely love him. Uh, yeah, luckily no, no one questioned it. They just rolled, rolled with it and I hopefully <laughs> enjoyed it as much as I did. But yeah, when I heard, when I heard your music for the first time uh, last summer, I was in a, in a, in a period where I was listening to him all the time. So it just felt like, uh, the two sort of married. So I absolutely a hundred percent, um, you know, mean, mean that when I say it, um, thank you, man. Thanks. You're welcome. And, and you obviously, you know, we've talked earlier about the new music that's, uh, that you've started to release. Does this mean that there's an album coming soon? Um, yes, definitely. There's an album coming with me and my, the producer, Liam McCluskey. We, we've already kind of got maybe about four or five tracks, including, um, the older, the great, the sweeter, the wine. So that would probably be in the album, unless, yeah, unless we write something a bit better, then we'll just leave that as a single set in itself. But yeah, I think it, with the way we've recorded everything and already to at this stage, 
it's it seems as though everything's in a similar path um, and it all kind of works together. So it, even if I was to release it now as an EP, it would be, in my humble opinion, it would be a, it would be a really good EP. So I'm looking forward to recording the next five tracks and hopefully just getting an album out nearer the end of the summer, probably start a, start a winter. Brilliant. Well, well, when the, when the new music is ready, please, please let me know because I will be keen keen to share it and play it on on the show at the earliest I will, uh, opportunity. I will do. You know, um, a guy now. I might even just send you the tracks. So we'll see. We'll see how I feel. <laughs> you've, ju- you've already told me I sound like really Montaigne, so I feel obligated to send you the tracks now. <laughs> I I appreciate that a lot. Um, <laughs> I've kind of diverted a tiny bit from from the song, obviously that you've chosen to represent, sort of Queens Park and that that area of Glasgow. So, do you mind just explaining a bit more about? this song and and the inspiration behind it and then we'll listen to it yeah of course um so i I wrote this song just about my very first summer of kicking about queen's park and just getting to know the place a little bit and just enjoying myself and yeah just spending time with with friends and just yeah just just seeing it was just a a really amazing summer that i had and it was I, i was in a really cool place i think and mentally physically i was just I was a very happy, happy guy, and I, I, I wrote this song just as I kind of, yeah, I, I don't keep a diary, so I'd, I've started to use my songs as my as my diaries, and hopefully when I look back, I'll be able to go, oh, I remember exactly when I wrote that and why I wrote it, and yeah, that, this is this one in particular is actually, it's um, yeah, the the name of the I, I, it get the it became the name of the album just because the whole kind of structure of the songs was just me sitting in a park me under a tree me just sitting with my guitar and just being happy as can be so yeah that i've got a definite um a, a definite connection with this one in particular i think just before we listen to it john i just want to say a massive thank you for coming on today and chatting to me i've absolutely loved talking to you about uh, all these places that you've that you've chosen it's been a real, all these, a real this, joy this world wind tour that i took you around in the the west coast of scotland like a 15 mile radius of paisley well, do you know i've i've been doing this for for i think that you'll be episode number 18 of, of this and people are yet to sort of choose queen's park so you're the first to do that and, oh, and also salt quotes as well so you're the first so that's that's a that's a good, good thing it's good to have good representation album. for lots of places <laughs> nice one nice one i'm happy with that i'm really happy with that amazing well let's listen to the song and thank you so much again for coming on thank you man thanks very much through velvet ties iron Hear your silhouette Me and my soul going this half-cut sunset Cause I Got nothing else to do You reign supreme over all Victoria And I'm chasing clouds with a childlike wonder Cause I Got nothing else to do Give me all your time And I will give you mine My love You come and sit with me 
beneath this apple tree, my love. King of queens in a south side princess. I got my green and I'm set for success. Cause I got nothing else to do. So give me all your time and I will give you mine, my love. If you come and sit with me beneath this apple tree, my love. Through velvet dyes, lying hell your silhouette Me and my soul go in this half-cut sunset Cause I got nothing else to do So give me all your time and I will give you mine, my love If you come and sit with me beneath this apple tree, my love. Just give me all your time, and I will give you mine, my love. If you come and sit with me beneath this apple tree, my love. Listening to the tracks that take us back on Capture Caledonia with you and Petrie. Thank you so much for listening to Capture Caledonia, the tracks that take us back. If you're enjoying the podcast, please remember to subscribe and to leave us a rating and a review. Please also go on social media and like and share the pages with all your friends and family. A little reminder that on Facebook and Instagram, just search Capture Caledonia, and on Twitter, search Capture Cali. Go on like, share, post, comment about it, and help spread the word of Capture Caledonia. If you want to support the podcast, remember you can go onto my Buy Me A Coffee page, www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash Capture Cali. Any amount that you can afford to donate to support the podcast will really go a long way and help to ensure that we can keep the podcast going in the future. Thank you so much for your continued support, and I look forward to seeing you next week.